Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh Amigo, program faculty for Influential You and your co-host for this weekly podcast. Influential You co-founder and CEO John Patterson is here today in studio as well. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we have helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. Today, we welcome Cindy Grace to the Influential You podcast. Cindy Grace was in my cohort, the Fundamentals of Transaction 58, and was also in my study group. We got to know each other fairly well, but as you'll hear today, Cindy got to know herself really well. Cindy is a gender specialist and transition expert, an author, speaker, trainer, coach, and therapist with her company, Cindy Grace Incorporated. She's also the president of Insurance Happiness, where she brings happiness and success to companies' current benefit offerings without the need to replace their existing health plans or their insurance broker. Today, she'll tell us more about her journey, how she learned to be more authentically herself. Please join me in welcoming Cindy Miller to the Influential You podcast. Cindy, we're so glad you're here. How are, oh, there you are. Hi. Hey guys. <laughs> now, That's Cindy, cool. oh, go ahead. No, I just said it was great to be here. Well, we're glad you're here. And before we begin, can you just give me a little bit more about your background, maybe some of your education, just some of who are you in, in the sense of like, uh, how do you introduce yourself when, you, when you're talking? And let's, let's just start from the basics, your qualifications for all the things that you're doing right now. Uh, well, the boring stuff is um, I do have a master's in um, psychology and I have a master's in uh, biblical studies and leadership. Those both happened a few lifetimes ago, but uh, I still use them. And for, for all the things that we're starting with, we're going into the influential you, we kind of have an arc in the story and we, we talk a little bit about your, your business, First, tell me a little bit more about what you offer with Cindy Grace Miller and, and kind of the offering that you are to the marketplace. Well, what we do is we we go into companies of, of all sizes and help them redesign what authenticity looks like for their employees. And so for this to make sense, you know, in a world where you have a lot of companies struggling with things like being transgender, non-binary, and having to adjust with that, we help them come in and reinterpret what that looks like because when an employee shows up to work authentically and as you would say with accurate thinking about themselves so that others have accurate thinking about them they actually contribute way more to that industry or that company the yeah. ceo is going to get more out of what they spent money on hiring so the roi is going to go up so rather than i always tell companies rather than being reactive to like, oh no, crap, we got to deal with this. You should embrace this because these are going to be some of the best employees you'll ever have. And so we come in through what sometimes it's training leadership and sometimes it's just working with individual employees who are trying to navigate this uh, difficult situation. And do you typically deliver those services through training, through development, consulting, some one-on-one -on -one work? How does it get delivered? Yes, the answer is yes. And it's really, <laughs> I like to customize. So each company is a little different. So I'm going to listen to what is it that they really want? What are the uh, corporate environment, <clears throat> excuse me, that they're going for? 
what's what's the situation and then i'm going to deliver something that's going to be best for them and of course it's also controlled a little bit by budget if they can afford to have me come in and work one-on-one -on -one with their c-suite employees then we're going to do that if not we'll do it a little differently and i have a follow-up which is you know you start to work with somebody you start to go into an organization what are some of the first hurdles that people have why would they reach out to you you need to get a drink of water by the way yeah i'm sure i'm sorry of course this this didn't happen for the last hour and then it pops up right now i know it happens to me all the time too so yeah what are the some of those first hurdles that people are dealing with where they'd reach out to you you know i think one of them is they're just trying to be sensitive right they know what's going on in corporate not just america but the world itself so they want to begin to educate their employee base or educate their C-suite employees. And so that might be where it starts. Can you just help us get a handle on this? The other thing is, let's be frank, they're scared of, of doing it wrong. They're scared of lawsuits. They're scared of how am I going to do this? And so they need help kind of figuring it out because there's so much unknown yeah. that it just looks really scary. And anybody who's ever been in a dark room, right? We're getting ready to celebrate Halloween. The unknown is so much scarier than the known. So, yeah. so I come in to turn the light on and let them see kind of where the obstacles are, how they can navigate around them so that they wow. can have a better company. And it's changing so, so fast too. I mean, I, I continue to see more and more expansion of the way that people are thinking about it. In fact, I know um, Liz Smiley. I know you know Liz Smiley, mm -hmm. our registrar. Liz Smiley, uh, she's um, oftentimes working with her son. And she was, I think, dealing with a handbook offered to the parents about some great number, I mean, large, large number of pronouns or even ways in which youth today are beginning to identify themselves and then the corporate world is going okay i'm i'm now oh i'm now lost i mean my i'm i represent g and lgbtq plus you know but i'm it, it it you know continues to grow and it's like oh my god how do i how do i address all of this so so you identify those kinds of hurdles that people are dealing with and help them along the way, educate them and more. Yeah, I do. And I try to hopefully, and I try to do this with both the, the actual non-binary transgender, all the different, as well as the, what you would call cis individuals with both of them. I try to say, we need to stop being so super sensitive and we need to start listening to one another uh, and treating each other like we are. Josh and I were talking earlier and he's like, you know, how do you treat somebody? And I go, you treat, you treat them just like you treat any other person. It's basic yeah. kindergarten level stuff. If they're female, you treat them as you would any other woman. If they're male, every other male. If they're identifying as something that you're not familiar with, then you let them guide you and, and teach you. And you go with that. And that's it. And it's really no different than traveling. We've all traveled to another country. Yeah. You know, you don't want to come in as that um, ignorant American yelling things or whatever, right? <laughs> or you, we got everybody should speak English and we have to do it this way. No, you you come in and you go, hey, oh, so what's your culture? How do you do this? You don't tell them it's wrong. 
it's really the exact same thing. It's a cultural contextualization of, hey, I want to meet you where you are and, and let's find a way to work together. And it really comes all the way full circle back to that accurate thinking because then you're dealing with the real person rather than uh, somebody who is only half there. Yeah, very yeah. good. Very which, good. I, which I did for many years. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to hog it one more no, time. No, keep I hogging. I'm, I know he's, I'm great. One thing real quickly, you mentioned the cis population. For some people, they won't know what that means. What does that mean? So if, if you're cis, it means that the uh, birth gender that you were identified at birth, you know, when we do these uh, gender reveal parties, if you're pink or you're blue or whatever it was, is really who you are to this day, then, then you would be considered cis. Right. And that's CIS, right? Yes, it's CIS. And right. for, for folks listening, because most people don't realize this, and I've done an extensive amount of research in this, probably right now the estimate is between three and five percent of the world's population falls under the transgender umbrella now that's not a lot but you got to think five percent of eight billion people that is a lot yeah and it's not that there's more now than there ever was it's just that it's now easier to talk about it easier to realize that what you're struggling with is a real thing and you can actually come out and so it appears like there's this tidal wave but they've been here the whole time. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Well, oh, I, I want to get into it because I know you so well. So I'm really excited about this. We reconnected yeah. at the NGLCC. Uh, and I'm, I'm really happy that I got to like spend some time with you, take a couple selfies and then like be like, hey, will you be on the podcast? So it's good to see you. What was life like? Take us back to before the fundamentals of transaction and tell us a little bit about what led up to deciding that you needed to take the program and, and it was something that you wanted to do. All right. So in order to do this, I have to tell a little bit about my story. Just, you know, I don't want to assume right. anything. So for, for folks that are listening, I'm a woman of trans experience. And the reason that I describe myself that way is that, yes, I had an experience of transition. I lived for most of my life pretending that I was male until I finally had the courage to kind of cross through that transition country to the other country, so to speak. Uh, so <laughs> I have that experience. Um, and for most of my life, I was always into self-help, uh, leadership, learning. You know, obviously I have a couple of degrees and I always was frustrated because I think you and I were talking, I said, it felt like I was running in three feet of mud yeah. my whole life. But, you know, everybody says life is tough. So I just kind of assumed, well, that's just the way it is. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll find the secret, whatever that happens to be. And every time I thought I did, it just, I could tell something wasn't working. So even when I was successful, I knew that it wasn't the successful that I could have had, but I could not figure out what was going on. And, and I have an age old story. I mean, since I was old enough to think, I knew that I wasn't male, but I didn't know what that meant. Right. right? So in the seventies and eighties, we, there wasn't much out there. We didn't have Google. There wasn't much for me to go, Oh, I know what this is. Oh, there's a medical thing. Oh, there's none of that was there. So you just put it aside because you go, I can't come out. I can't live like this. So I've got to figure out how to adjust in a male culture and living as a male because that's what everybody expects. And that's physically what's there. So let me figure this out. 
and I'll do the best I can. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of what I did. And so I was always looking for stuff. And when I came to Influence Ecology, it was at a really pivotal time for me, which you guys didn't know. Well, I knew that the time was overripe for me to, to transition and come out. And as I was going through it, um, the fundamentals of transaction, and Kirkland and I have had, had this conversation where I was like, I see the brilliance in this, just to give you guys some props. I go, I really see it, but I couldn't. I mean, I, I was struggling with accessing it, not understanding it, but accessing it. And I, I could not figure it out. And it was frustrating me to death. Uh, and right in the middle of all that, I started to come out. And so it kind of was a happy little marriage because it wasn't until after I transitioned and then I went back and I looked at the stuff that I had learned that light bulbs started going off like a disco. It was just like, holy crap. Uh, this is what accurate thinking is. This is what naivety, being naive is. Uh, this is what uh, having the right ecology around you is. And it was, it was as if I had put all of these things from 40 plus years into file folders, but I couldn't ac access them. So yeah. I understood them, but I couldn't access them. And all of a sudden, everything was opened up and I could start accessing it. And I just had never put two and two together that my identity and gender had an effect on that. Mm, yes. But it did. Absolutely. Absolutely it would. Well, I love this story because, uh, uh, and I'll say for our audience, we talk about influential you used to be influence ecology influential you in this way we say that studying here allows people to be more influential more rewarded and more you right and so the reason that i bring that up is because for some people their professional journey is extremely uh, focused on i need to figure out how to make more money I need to figure out how to make more invitations. I need to figure out uh, how to get noticed in my work. But I want you to know, and, and Cindy, this is not just for you, but for a great number of people they deal with in professional settings. I feel like I am not known for the real me. Somehow I'm not really me. Somehow I'm pretending I'm in this environment and I'm pretending something I'm pretending to be this I'm pretending to be that forget about being, you know, wondering whether or not you're male or female and or or gay or straight or queer or have fill in the blank, but nobody sees the value that I bring to this because I'm a performer personality in a sea of inventors or I'm an engineer hanging out with a bunch of artists. In any case, we start to help people identify the, you could say the, the you that you are and allow you to be as valuable as you can be in the invitations and the offers and the businesses that you utilize to make your way in the world and, and make a living. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you're here with this particular story because i know that it's uh difficult for a great number of people transgender or not oh yeah uh, i love how you put that because 
what I what I began to know, I, I had noticed this a little bit before, but it, like the floodgate opened afterwards, was that ever hardly anybody really knows themselves. I mean, that's really the key. And usually uh, by the time you're 12 or 13, you're so hell bent on being somebody else, whatever that is, other people around you. Then you get into to college or you get into career and you're trying to be this and that. And you actually convince yourself that that's the real you, but it's not working. And mm, it's not, they right. wind up at influential you and they realize it's just not working. And it's go, because you're not you. And if you are, you'd be amazed at how much easier life gets. <laughs> I love that because it's just so universal. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could I'm I'm watching him. I'm watching him in the monitor, and it's like, oh yeah, that's my journey too. Well, yeah. that's everybody's. We talked about it. I mean, not too long ago, when when I did my interview, and that you know, the idea of like, um, it's it's I'm becoming more of myself, more comfortable with where mm -hmm. I move and how I move, even in a professional setting, because rock and roll was my, as you know, Cindy yeah. was my world for years, and then now all of a sudden, hey Josh, we don't say that on stage. Hey Josh, we we don't do. Oh, okay, and I have to act a certain way because I want to have my invitations, offers and requests accepted. So where is that value? Where is that line? Yeah. And how do I move in a way where um, I can really highlight that, mitigate my cost in, in, the, in the business setting? What do you have about all of kind of that? Am I, am I relating to it well? Or what would you say about that, Cindy? Oh yeah, and you can actually access accurate thinking quicker. Yeah. Right, when you're you, that's one of the things that I noticed is before, I was so used to lying to myself. Don't even, it doesn't even matter about lying to other people. I was so used to lying to myself that it was really hard to delineate what's accurate, what's not accurate. But right. once you stop all of that crap, then I find myself able to make quick decisions, pivot. Like I just recently changed some things in, in my business that I was doing because I thought this is what I should be doing. I have experience here, yada, yada, yada. And I went, oh, but I don't like this at all. I don't want to do this. Uh, and it, it feels like I'm I, I'm back in the mud. I go, nope, I'm done with this. I'm not going to do this. I started moving in different directions that just, it should be an easy flow. And we hear right. that all the time, but it's got to be, it's got to be the real you. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's something too I want to, I want to touch on before we leave this particular aspect of this conversation because one of the things that you do is you go in and help the environment, you go in and help the environment more able to include the value of those who may be not the standard X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. So as an example, I talk about this quite often with Marika Mertens, Marika Mertens, which she is a, a client of ours worked for years and years uh, uh, at a company, a performer personality in a sea of inventors and judges. So the value of narrative that she brings to that situation, the value of relationship, of performer, of spontaneity, the value that that particular personality brings is stifled or isn't valued in some environment. It's just not valued. So we did work and sort of revealed to everyone both the value of this personality, the performer, but also the way in which the rest of the people 
in the mix were missing out on the value. In fact, much, much of their hardship was from missing that value. And I'm interested because I, I can't imagine there aren't parallels with the work that you do when you go in and you create the opportunity for people to be known as their true selves, their authentic selves and the value oh. those people provide. Yeah, and it's really, you just shine in the spotlight on these areas where basically they don't have accurate thinking, but they don't realize it. Mm. And so, you know, it could be everything from procedures and policies to interpersonal workings, or it could just be from the top down that we need to look at, hey, you guys don't even realize that you're operating in a way that is more, like I said earlier, reactive rather than proactive. You're just waiting for the shit to hit the fan before yeah. you react, whatever that shit happens to be, rather mm -hmm. than proactively go, let's build a company culture that says, we actually don't want you here unless you are 100% authentic. So mm -hmm. you come out, whatever that looks like, whoever you are, we want to support you in that because then we want to, from a selfish standpoint as a CEO, you want to pull out every little bit that you put into that employee, right? So you're not getting it. And most employers don't understand. They don't realize that, oh, I, when, when, when Sally is coming to work and is constantly under this veil of pretending to be Jack, and it, it, it influences it, everything. It's not like clothing or something, right? That's what people think. No, it's your thought patterns. It's how you relate. It's how much you let people into who you are. You always have to be guarded. I remember yeah. most of my life, people thought I was defensive and I knew I wasn't, but I knew I couldn't tell them why I wasn't mm. because I had to, that was a protection to say, yeah. I can't, I can only let you go so far or you might see something I don't, I'm not ready for you to see. Well, what That's if you could, so good. your employees get rid of that? And it really comes down to, it's not just a few policies. It's the, the whole company culture. You got to really look at how do we do business? Yeah. That's how beautifully said. I, I, I told you before we started today that I was going to say or say something about the first time I met you. Uh, first time I met you, it was in our offices in Ventura, you, Kirkland, me sitting at a table. I think Kirkland was saying some stuff and you were saying some stuff and I was listening and Kirkland turns to me and says, you know, what would you say about her participating? And I said something like, and I may not get this right, but I, I said something like, I don't know if I can deal with that level of conceit. Right? I love it. Do you remember that? <laughs> I, I don't remember it exactly, but I have to tell you, I've heard similar things in the past. Hmm. And, I, and I would say, you're right. You were picking up on something. You just didn't know what you were picking up on. Exactly. My point yes. is exactly, exactly. It's expressed in a way I don't know how else to read except for conceit. It's expressed yes. in a way I don't know else how to read except for perhaps a weakness or a flaw or, a, you know, uh, they're not really our whatever. It's really an it's amazing a, It's thing. almost like an energy that that is coming off of, of somebody. And, and we all have this, by the way. It doesn't have to be a gender thing. Um, yeah. where you're, if you're not, if you're not being hundred percent authentic, uh, where people can just pick up that something's not right. I even remember years ago having job interviews where I loved them. They loved me. 
But at the end, they said, well, we don't know what it is, but something's just not a good fit. Right. Something's right. not right. And it would drive me insane. Now I know exactly what it was. I was very shielded and guarded. Of course. And um, they picked up on it. They just didn't know what they picked up on. So if you That's think right. about that with your employees or your people you're interacting with or even in your relationships, if you can't be honest with another with yourself and somebody else, they're not they're getting a, a half truth picture of who you are. You're not going to be able. I mean, all of the influential you stuff that is amazing. How do you pick anything up? You don't have the hands to pick those tools up. And so you need to you need to start there by getting authentic. Yeah, I'd say great. I can't stop thinking about how we met in BNI. And how like in a lot of in a lot of ways, like, you know, that judge personality trying to pretend that they're a performer in a BNI and you can just tell they're like they got that scowl and they're like, I'm so happy to be here. And you're like, OK, tell, tell everybody else that because it's confusing over here. So I, I I'm, I'm relating to it in a way as a cis, you know, white male that I'm like, oh. Wow. And so I, I feel a lot like every time you're talking, Cindy, I'm like, okay, more and more that I'm learning. So thank you for the gift. If you're just joining us, I just want to invite you and let you know, this is Cindy Grace Miller. It goes by Cindy Grace and Cindy Grace's new book. You can also get on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles uh, and wherever fine books are sold. It's called Gender Transition, mm -hmm. Where to Start and How to Thrive. That's great. Um, we do have a question too. I want to oh, yeah, I I see that. if we can. So Tim Nicholas, you may know Tim, uh, is watching in and says, Cindy, thanks so much for, I can't read this complete, teaching and inspiring us, bringing, being your authentic self is a process of discovery and can be messy for anyone. What do you say to people that get scared and want to hide again? Hmm. Well, one, I say first, I hear that and I understand it. Uh, but I, I have learned that the fear is worse than what you fear. And I think back to when you're a kid, and, and I used to have these things in my room. I had like 50, 60 stuffed animals. I would hide under them. And I would, I would feel almost like this force that I knew was in my closet, right? The boogeyman is in the closet. And I remember sometimes being so scared that I was paralyzed. I could, I could not move. There was nothing in the closet. Yeah. But my fear made it so much worse. And when you talk about, let's say, gender transition, I, I lived for most of my life scared to death that I just couldn't let people see the real me because they couldn't handle the real me. They couldn't deal with it. And now I'm like, oh, they can. And I don't even know what I was so scared about. And all of a sudden, life has opened up in, a, in an amazing way. Does that mean there's not crud that you have to deal with no it, there is trust me i've got i've got relationships i've lost i've got tough things that i've had to deal with but they pale in comparison to the life that i'm living right now and i know josh you and i have talked i go i have never i've never been more at peace or happier than i am joyful than i am in, right now yeah and let's let's talk about that because that's that's where i wanted to go with this is you know, you came in and, and I think we've talked about a few topics about environment. We've talked about um, accurate thinking. We haven't talked about surplus. I'd love to hear what you learned about surplus. And then okay. I'd love to hear about what life is like now. So yeah. why don't we start with the surplus and then we'll go to the next question. Well, so surplus was a, it was a pivotal thing for me in the, when I was doing Influential You and the program. 
and I didn't I didn't expect it. Now, so we talked about I was in the middle of this about to come out thing, and I was having a hard time grabbing onto stuff, but for some reason surplus just like popped up and I said, you know, I don't have surplus anywhere. I need surplus. So I started creating things in my life to have more surplus, not just financially, but that was one of them, but financially, relationally, uh, in, in how I run my businesses, how I do life. I wanted, I just, everybody that I knew who I admired seemed to have an ease about them. And I wanted that ease. So we, you know, we did make, we, we moved across country. We redesigned a lot of our financial things so that we could have more surplus there. But one of the things I didn't realize is that I didn't have surplus in my own identity. And once I got that, boy, the world opened up and life was so much easier. And now looking back at people who don't have surplus, I see it instantly. And it's kind of a bless your heart moment where I go, oh, bless your heart. You know, you're trying so hard. You're struggling. And I can see so clearly that they're just barely keeping their, you know, taking their next breath. And it's a, it's a matter of surplus. So that was a pivotal thing for me of going. And, and let, me, let me say this. When it comes to surplus, sometimes that can appear selfish, but it's one of the most self-loving things you can do. Because it's really about saying, I matter enough to have this surplus. I don't have to live moment by moment. And it really, self-love is, is huge. I don't want to go down that rabbit trail too much, but just accepting that this is who I am and I, I deserve the best. And part of that is surplus. So it really did help me to just begin to make better decisions. Because when you're desperate, I don't care what that desperation is from, you can't make good decisions. You're always going to be making poor decisions. Yeah. And in surplus, I know we talked before the show, uh, you talked about the fact that you also are bringing on partners. So, and I know that's a part of, oh, yeah, kind of yeah. like where, where we're moving with what's life like now, but tell me more about what's life like now. What did you learn in your, you know, fundamentals of transaction program that has helped you not only do all of this amazing transition, but also move in the marketplace the way that you have? Well, one of the things is too, yeah, I have, I started with my insurance business. I started bringing on partners and training some folks who, who are in different parts of the country. And because I realized I went, I like this business, but I really want other people to, to do it and to help. And I want to train them. So I, I have a, a team that is doing that. And it was so funny because I'm training this new individual and we're doing a lot of calls together. And these are basically presentation calls with companies. And he is just gushing. He's like, everything I say, he thinks is magic, which makes me laugh because uh -huh. I never got that before. Um, and, I and I think what it is, is he just sees me so authentically showing up in that presentation Yeah. that he goes, I want to be able to have that. And I never had that. I know things now. He's telling my spouse, I go, I didn't realize I knew stuff as well as I did. And it goes back to accessing that knowledge. And I go, holy crap. Now, I, I mean, it's just coming out. And I'm like, I guess all that study and training was 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 worth it. I just, now I can finally access it. Uh, and so, it's, it's but it's having people out there doing it where I don't have to worry about the business. I'm going to let the business run. It's one of the reasons why I can have several things happening 
Um, so it's totally different marketplaces, different identities in those marketplaces. But it's because there's an ecology that I've built up and continue to build that allows that to grow. And then I can come over here and do, do different things. So when I started building Cindy Grace, I was like, well, I don't want to do this by myself. So I started um, finding partners and mentors and all types of folks that kind of came around me to increase the speed at which I was learning and developing this business. Um, yeah. And that's that's just been, I mean, I will tell you, it's, it's much easier than people tell you it, it is. Uh, and I always hate to say that because people go, well, you don't know my life. You don't know my story. And I went, oh, shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I go, gender stuff aside, I go, I do know your story. I've actually been bankrupt. I've been homeless. That's a whole nother story. I go, I, I know what it is to struggle. And I go, you don't have to. It is a choice. Yeah. But I get why you think you may not have a choice. Um, but keep pushing and find that stuff, find that accurate thinking. Well, I keep coming back to that because <laughs> yeah. if you're not thinking accurately, nothing else really, nothing matters. You're building something where it shouldn't be built. That's a good, by the way, lots of love coming in on social media. So you have to check that out. A um, couple of things. want to make sure that you have the opportunity. Let's go back. We're going to put up the name of your business again, citygracemiller.com. Okay. So uh, if you do that for us, and that's where we go to find you for your services, correct? That you spoke yeah, about so, at the beginning. So this is, I've kind of designed this. There's actually resources. If somebody's listening in there, they think they might be transgender. They're not sure. They're non-binary, wherever it is. Maybe they're the spouse of somebody. Um, you can go there and find resources right away. I have a very active YouTube channel that you can link to from there. Uh, and then, of course, I have a corporate page for corporations who hire me. Um, and then reach out to me and we'll talk about your specific situation. That's great. And, and by the way, I've been to the website and, and poured over a lot of your FAQ because it's really educational. It's fantastic. Oh, good, good. And you did a great job of producing a lot of content for people that allows them to understand the world. It's amazing. So there's that. And then we're going to put your book title up again. So your book title is called... Here it is. It. Yep. There we go. And you've got the name. I've got the name Gender Transition, Where to Start and How to Thrive. And there you yep. see it. And you can, you can get it on Amazon and pretty much, it, you know, uh, Italian, Amazon, Japanese, wherever you're at uh, in the world. Uh, Barnes and Noble. There's a bunch of other places, you know, wherever fine books are sold. Um, and so, yeah, and I'm, I will tell you, I'm very proud of this book because it's not my story. If you're looking for my story, it hasn't been written yet. There's so much more to go. Um, this is a how-to book on for somebody who was just like where I was. I wish I had this book to go, yeah. this is how you do it. This is step. And then I cover a lot about the emotional and psychological elements that you have to work on. Yeah. And the reason I do that is I personally believe 70% of a good transition is in the head. All right, we always we focus on the physical, but no, it's really uh, um, up here and in our hearts. And so I kind of walk them through how do you have to rethink things? And Josh and I were talking earlier, and I'm I'm really big into interior design, so I use those kind of motifs a lot. And if you buy a fixer upper, and you go into this house, and you just go, oh, I want this to be mid-century modern, and you start buying stuff and throwing furniture in, but you don't get rid of what was there to begin with. 
It's not going to look good. And this is what I think we all do. Gender aside, we go, I want this in my life. And so we go buy the self-help books and we go to the seminars and we do this. And we didn't deconstruct or demolish the stuff that's got to be, that's got to get out of there first so that then we can put the new stuff in. And that's really why I think it's so hard for people. So, yeah, so really good. good. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say one more thing. And this kind of uh, is, is really exciting for me just to kind of see you take off. One of the things Cindy also said before was, you know, transactional competence has allowed her to you know, have multiple businesses that she's running and keeping them going. And the other uh, business that I wanted to just mention, and we'll put it on the screen, is insurancehappiness.com. And you can see insurancehappiness.com. If that's something that you need to, to you know, have with your employees or something like that, perfect place for you. Anything you want to say about that one real quick, Cindy? Well, just real quick, I mean, you know, it benefits, and this is all just related to employee benefits, right? Your health insurance, but most health, all health insurance is reactive, which means you spend more as a company to give it to your employees, and then it just reacts to when they get sick. Well, what if there's a way that you could, proven with accurate thinking, help your employees actually get healthier, but at the same time, fill in all the gaps of your current insurance plan. So like zero copays when you go to the doctor or urgent care, zero copays on prescriptions, having a concierge doctor available to you. We offer these kind of things and we do it in a way uh, using the tax setup of a company so that there's no net cost. There is a cost, nothing's free, but there's no net cost. And so we walk a company through how to set that up. And it's been really, it's been really successful. And it's just a fun to see give companies a little bit of relief in an area where they just have learned that they don't have any relief. Yeah. That's so good. Well, and I remember, I, I, I didn't tell you I was going to say this, but I remember the day that you came up with that name and the beaming that you had. In, it was in actually, at a, it was at an influence ecology conference, by the way. That's right. And yeah, like, it's, it's it was the one happened. down in Dana point or whatever. That's right. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it came from a yogurt store. <laughs> there was a yogurt store that was called yogurt happiness and this was actually my wife so my wife saw this and she goes oh i love that and i went yes and she goes you should do insurance happiness so it's all her oh. and, and it just clicked and i went yes because that's what i you know we want to bring that into people so, oh, that, so that's good. that's the story well, so we are we are so happy that you came. We are so happy that you're here. We're so happy to see that everything's going well for you. We're going to take you out, and and we we do thank you so much for being Can on. Can I We're mention one more thing? Please, come I on. know you're wrapping up, but Go I want to I want to say this because I didn't tell you about this. So I have a I had a pipe dream. You know those questions where they go, if money was no object, or if you could do whatever you want, what would you yeah. do? Right? We always ask these questions, and for years I said, well, honestly, I think I I would love to design travel experiences for people that are cinematic, where I could help them have just change their life with travel. And I'm like, but you know, I don't know how I can make any money at that and what are all the excuses that we have. And I just inked the paperwork and put the money down on a franchise with a girlfriend of mine. And we're launching that exact business um, that'll be going full force probably in the new year. And I'm so excited because it really was just a pipe dream. Like, Oh, yeah. And then I started thinking, well, no, why the hell not? And and this is kind of my retirement, really, the next 20 years, 30 years. I go, let's build something where we can bring uh, happiness and joy and travel into people's lives. And, yeah, we'll make some money, too. But uh, so anyway, that's just one of those things that sometimes we think, oh, this could never happen. And I went, well, why? I've learned to say, why the hell not? Yeah. And here you go. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, that's so good. Uh, th Cindy, thank you so much for being our guest today. <sighs> We're stay on. We want to still talk to you afterwards and, and just in debrief, but thank you so much for being our guest today. Now, My John friend. and I are going to talk about you. Great to have you. <laughs> thank you so much. So thank you. Thank so you. John, John, what did you, what are you, what did you gather? Cause I've got, you can see how much notes I have in quotes and circles and what are, what are you listening to? Oh my God. So the last statement sort of sums up, uh, everything for me, which is why not? Um, I've known her now. It's, gosh, it's surprising how long, but, uh, we talk about an ambitious adult quite a bit at influential you and, the state of mind and an ambitious adult. And that's somebody who makes invitations, makes offers, makes requests that when accepted has their conditions of life satisfied. You know, somebody who says, look, if I don't make an offer, if I don't make a request, if I don't move in a particular way, then it's just going to stay in my head as some dream, right? Some, well, maybe one day. And I just continue to observe an ambitious adult with Cindy Grace Miller. I yeah. love that. Yeah. There are two main quotes that I'm, I'm going to take away. The, the first one is, I, I'll, I'm going to say this one for last, but it was that when she said that the study and training was worth it, I just didn't know how to access it yet. Yeah. You know, the difference between well, when you talk about education versus knowledge, you know, the fact that she's able to turn that education that she had into the knowledge that she needed to, she just had to get something out of the way first and, and move in that direction. So I love that because even if it's not necessarily taking off right now, you're building that foundation of which once you get there, it's going to be able to go. Yeah. And, and that's really valuable to me. But this one I think was deeper in something kind of like what Dallas Hensley said a couple of weeks ago. I'm not as smart as I think I am that may just go straight into my mantras and the things that I think about. The fear is worse than what you fear. Whether it is, you know, coming out in a certain way or just making a phone call to make the invitation or all of those things. The fact that the fear is worse than the thing that you fear, uh, Cindy, that will be something that I take with me forever. Well, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm so happy with having her as a guest because I, as you can imagine, I, I've had so many people throughout my lifetime sort of confess to me, you know, one of the things that happens when you're part of the LGBTQ plus community is that people come to you with their secrets. It's a little bit like once you tell yours, they will tell you theirs. Mm. And so over the course of, you know, the 35 years that I've been leading programs, people come up to me and go, <clears throat> listen, can I have a conversation with you? And they, they want to, you know, you said come out on their own way, whatever they want to get there. They want to be themselves. They want to be true to themselves in whatever way that is. I'm not saying that all those people came up to me and said, Hey, I think I'm gay. And you know, how do I know? Although that did happen, but listen, I'm really dealing with something at work with this person. I don't know how to resolve this issue. I don't know how to address this particular thing. I'm really scared that, I mean, that happens to me all the time. And so, I think I'm most proud of, of the, the primary message here, which is that when you are your authentic you, you know, we say be more rewarded, more you, when you are more you, you're a happy camper. You are satisfied. You move in smart ways. You think accurately, you get more valued. And if we can have more and more people be more themselves, I am, I'm, I'm ready to, 
I'm ready to hang it up. <laughs> Remove that <laughs> threat and see what happens. Well, yeah. uh, thank you so much, John. Thank you so much, Cindy. Um, and we are so excited and hope that you liked what you heard today. If you did and like to know more about us, please go to influentiallyu.global and explore our courses, consulting, and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're new to Influential U, we recommend you start with Thrive, our new self-guided training. Thrive is a self-guided training program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders, and industry experts. You'll get proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims faster. Your membership also includes chat access to faculty plus discounts to our transformative conferences, which are coming up. So you want to get on there right now. Sign up today and use promo code 20 off. That's 20OFF for a 20% discount on the monthly subscription. That coupon code, once again, is 20 off, 20OFF. Next week, we interview Mike Fenn. Mike Fenn is a young professional who's completing our trans Fundamentals of Transaction program. And I get to tell you the story of how he used transactional competence to purchase his first house. Yes, in this economy. Yes, as a millennial. He'll be joining us from this new home and sharing a story about the accurate thinking he did and how it's begun to help him achieve more of his aims. Thank you so much for joining us today. Each week, we stream live at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, so you can easily share this podcast with others. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other place that you listen to podcasts. Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads we talked about on today's episode. This podcast is made possible by the influential you staff, faculty, and members all around the world. A special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, with contributions from Michael Teehee, Joey Anderley, Daryl Anderley, Paul West, and Liz Smiley, with a special thanks to our guest, Cindy Miller. The Influential You podcast is produced in Influence Ecology, LLC, in Ventura, California, and this particular episode was recorded on October 26, 2022. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Trained Everywhere, and if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment, go to iTunes or your podcast app, and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know. And we'll see you next week on the Influential You podcast.